The listing we're discussing was if a woman hurts someone or someone hurts them, it's bad. The reason is uh, you would have to pay for their damage, but they don't have to pay if they damage. And we brought a case where the mother of Rav Shmuel Baraba was trying to get uh, whatever money she owns in the marriage to her son. Rav Yirmiya was okay with it. Rav Yudah was not okay with it. Rav Yudah brought uh, Shemuel, who said that this Mishnah that Rabbi Miyah brought is not like our Mishnah. And Abaye explained that the reason it's not like our Mishnah because there's a Takanat Uja, where a husband, although only owns the, the, the rights to the fruits, he has a right to the actual land as well. Rav Idi tried to prove that we hold like Takanat Usha from the Braitan. Abaye pushed that away. And with that, we're going to start Pitet Amud Aleph, eight lines in. Second word on the line where it says Amar Abaye. Tobatana'a, financial gain. If a woman wants to sell her ketubah, meaning in case my husband dies or we get divorced, and you could get the money in the ketubah and you'll pay me, a, let's say, a less amount right now. Once you know, once we're on the subject, Nema Bamilta will say something. That the money of that ketubah, if someone wants to bet on her ketubah, the money is dafka for the wife and not for the husband. If you want to say that the money that's coming in, whoever's betting on her, if he's, he's giving that money to the woman, if you want to say that it belongs to the husband, then in a case of false witnesses, why would they give her the money? Let the the false witnesses say, What did we make you lose? If you would have sold the, the rights to, uh, to your ketubah, your husband would have gotten the money, so nothing would have came into your pocket. So if they're saying that she already got her ketubah, and they were caught lying, they, uh, and they have to give a ketubah, if if we were saying that it belongs to the husband, then she wouldn't get anything over here because they didn't make her lose anything. Amar of Shalman, no, that's not true. There would have been a loss over here. There's financial flexibility. If the husband gets the money, there's a little bit more money in the house. They could cover certain bills. They could buy things. And Amar of Ahilcheta, the halacha is like Abaye, Tobata Na'ala Isha, Ve'en Abal Ochel Perot. If the woman decides to sell the rights to her ketubah, the money goes to the woman, the husband has no rights to eat the fruits, meaning we're not going to say she's going to have to buy land and the husband eat the, uh, eat the fruits. What's the reason? Because pera takinu le rabanan, pera de pera la takinu le rabanan. Hachamim or metaken, that if she brought land into the marriage, he gets to eat the fruits, but the fruits of the fruits is not going to eat. The ketubah would be the base. If she sold it, that would be the rights uh, to the ketubah. That would be fruits. And now, if he would eat the fruits from the fruits, that's already too much. Hachamim will never metaken that. And ki papa verabhuna bere de rav yoshua mi rav, when rav papa, rav huna, the son of rav yoshua, came from the yeshiva, amre, 
we have a we have a proof of a takanat usha from our Mishnah because it says if a slave or a woman if someone hurts them they hurt someone it's bad why because if someone hurts them you have to pay you're liable and if they hurt other people they're patur they don't have to pay because they don't have any assets now, if you want to say that we don't hold this takanat usha, where a where a husband has the rights to eat the fruits and he and she can't sell the land because Hachemim gave him some sort of koah, some sort of stronghold on the land. If we don't hold of takanat usha, we could always say, hey, if she hurts someone, then she should sell her land and give it to this person that she hurt. But if that's where you want to bring your proof from, and you want to say, oh, that had, because we don't say that, that means there's a takanat usha, then you're right. Let's say there was a takanat usha and she cannot sell all the assets. However, let her sell the the log. That's assets that she brought into the marriage that she gets to keep, but the husband gets to eat the fruits. Let her sell to whoever she wants uh, the the rights of this land, meaning uh, for less money, just in case she gets divorced or, or her husband dies and she uh, and she gets this land back. So let her find someone to bet on this uh, piece of land. She'll take that money, although less than what it's worth, what the land is worth, and uh, give it to this person. land. She should give it to the person she damaged. Ella, you have to say we're talking about a situation. She doesn't have nixemilok. She doesn't have land that she brought into the marriage. And hachinami, we could also say that there's no takanatusha, and a woman could sell her assets. And the reason she's patur in this case is because deletla. She doesn't have any assets to sell. Meaning, you wanted to bring a proof for takanat usha where a woman cannot sell her assets from our Mishnah. We could always say our Mishnah is talking about a situation where she didn't have any assets, but maybe if she did have assets, she would be able to sell. So there's really no proof to takanat usha from our Mishnah. But now the Gemara asks a better question. Listen, if she hurt someone, let her short sale her ketubah, the rights to her ketubah, and use that money and give it to the person she damaged. The Gemara responds, how many? Who's our Mishnah like? Who said a woman doesn't have to pay? That's Rabbi Meiri. The Amar, he held, A man is not allowed to stay married to his wife even one hour without a ketubah. And therefore, she's not allowed to short sale her ketubah because she's going to be a sort of her husband. But the Gemara asks on that, Vitamamai, what's the reason it's a sort to stay married without a ketubah? So he won't have an easy time divorcing her. Hacha over here in this case, Lom Garishla is not divorcing her. The Im Garishla, because if he does divorce her, these people who short bought this ketubah, they'll come and they'll ask for their money. So rather, what's the reason we're not forcing her to short sale her ketubah? You have to say the financial benefit that she's supposed to get from her ketubah is not real money. And it's just words. And just words is not mortgage to any payment. Meaning you can't force her to, to sell this word, these words in order to pay off a damage that she did. And the Gemara says, Why not? 
These are words that can be sold for money, and for sure we can mortgage them or we can connect them to a payment. Meaning if it's strong enough that she could uh, short sell it, then it should be strong enough that if she damaged someone, that we could force her to sell it and, and, and pay. Ela, the Gemara gives a different reason. What's the reason we don't force her to sell her ktubah? Someone sells a loan document to his friend, and the lender forgave the loan. Mahul, technically, it's forgiven. There's no more loan. And even the inheritor of the loan, meaning, let's say, the son of the lender, he could also forgo the loan. And the problem here is we're scared that she's going to forgo the, the, the ketubah. Now the Gemara asks on the Amre, Zabune Zabin Vetitenle, Vi'im Mahlale, Legabe Baaltim Hala. So why don't we do something else? We'll force her to short sale, give the money to the one who's been damaged, and later on, if you want to forgive, forgive. What do I care with the people who sh- were short sold? So Amre, the Gemara explains, Listen, if it has to do with the husband, she's going to forgo it. There's no question about it. Meaning, since they're forcing her to sell it, then we know that she's going to forgo that ketubah. Uh, she's not going to hurt her husband, right? There's nothing wrong in between them, so she's not gonna, she's not going to hurt her husband. She'll forgo it. The problem is, we're not going to make those people who bought that ketubah. We're not going to make them lose it. Meaning, we're not going to outright make them lose something. We're not going to put them in a situation where they're just throwing out their money. Now, here's another idea. So maybe we'll tell her, why don't you short sell your ketubah to the person you damaged? He won't actually pay anything, but he'll hold a note that he has the right to her ketubah. If she ends up forgoing the ketubah, Okay, the man never lost anything. He's never paid for anything. Anyways, she's not giving him anything anyways. So this will be just like uh, he'll be holding a note in case she forgot to uh, to forgo her ketubah. He'll be able to get that ketubah. The Gemara explains, Sof, sof, at the end of the day, whenever it has to do anything with her husband, she's going to for sure forgive. And meaning she's going to make sure that uh, this person who got damaged will never get his money. We're not going to drive Betin crazy for no reason. We're not going to make them toil to sit there with paperwork when we know for a fact that she's going to forgo this ketubah. So I'm a question. Okay, listen, we have a bright that says, If the woman hurt her husband, she does not lose her ketubah. Am I? Why not? Let her short sell her husband, her ketubah, her own ketubah with her husband. She'll short sell it to him. So in essence, he gains over here by paying her less for the ketubah, but they can still be married because they have a ketubah. And and let's say she forgoes the ketubah by the husband. Okay, there was no loss of yet. And they, he walked out paying less money than he would have paid. The Gemara explains. You have to say that this that does not force a woman to sell her ketubah to her husband. It's Rabbi Meir. It's Rabbi Meir who holds a person not allowed to stay with his wife even one hour without a ketubah. 
Now, what's the reason? The whole idea is so it won't be easy for him to divorce her. In this case, if she sold him the right to buy for less money, he, he could now easily divorce her and get all that money back. Now it's easier for him to divorce her. Let's say he, he bought that ketubah for less money. It'll, it'll create a problem Rabbi Meir was worried about. Let's say, let's say her ketubah was worth much more than what the Torah uh, sets the, the bar at. 200 for a betula, 100 for an almana or grusha. So let's say her ktuba was 500, 1,000 zuz. So let's leave it back down to 200 or 100, whatever the deoraita is. And all the extra, she could, uh, she could short sell. Meaning this will at least cover them from the Torah. This way they have a ktuba. We're just worried about the, all the extra stuff. Okay, we could, we could short sell that and pay back the one you damaged. The Gemara explains, We're talking about a situation where her ketubah wasn't more than what the oraita ketubah is worth. Meaning it's exactly at 200, 100, whatever her status was. And we're talking about a situation, We'll say she only damaged him for zuz. For four zoos, he's not going to lose 25 selaim. 20, uh, each selah is four zoos, so he's not going to lose 100 for that uh, four. Basically, the damage was so little, it's not worth uh, driving everyone crazy with the divorce and the that for, for something so small. So the basic summary is as follows. If a woman damages someone else, she's patur. We're not going to force her to short sale her ketubah because she's just going to forgive it. But if she damaged her husband, well, listen, if her ketubah is way over the, the basic uh, deoraita, then we're going to tell her you have to sell that ketubah to her husband for less. And if there's no actual ketubah, just the basic 200-100, then if it's just a small damage, then we're not going to force her to sell. Because if you do sell, then it's easy to divorce you. Now, let's say it was a very expensive damage where it's more than the ketubah itself. So now, there there is a mahluk in the Rishonim, the, the Ramah, it's the Ramah with the He. He's brought down the Shita Mekubetzet. We force her to sell her ketubah back to her husband because at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be easy to divorce one way or another. So at least he'll get some money this way. However, the Me'iri writes, we don't force her to sell because uh, Hachamim didn't uh, make uh, didn't make measurements to their to their words. Meaning, oh, if the ketubah is this, then do the halakha is that. If the ketubah is that, the halakha is that. If the damage is this, they, they make it. They just said the halakha. There's no selling. Now, the problem is the Gemara has a question. But we learned in the continuation of the Braita, a woman who uh, damaged her husband, she didn't lose her ketubah, and it says, The same way she can't sell when she's by her husband, when she's married to her husband, the same thing she doesn't lose from her ketubah. And we're understanding that even if she does damage to her husband, she doesn't have to sell her ketubah or lessen her ketubah for this. Now, according to you, sometimes it comes out that she will lose. Meaning, according to you, that she sells her ketubah 
in order to cover them which he did their husband. will be the case. Let's say her ketubah is much more than the regular 200, 100 standard. Let's say her ketubah is worth 1,000. Okay, now you're forcing her to sell from that extra 800 to cover her husband's damage. So there is a way that she'll lose money. Meaning, according to the Braita, we said that there's no way of her losing money. She's not allowed to lose money. But according to you, there is a possibility of her losing money. So, Amar Rava, explains, Sefa, this uh, end of the Braita, is That's talking about something totally else. That's talking about this type of Ketubah. It's called Ketubat Benin Dechrin. This is a sort of a prenuptial agreement where whatever money is going to go to this lady is going to go only to her sons. Let's say she has, she, she's getting married to this person. He's been married before. He has children from a previous marriage. She doesn't want her ketubah to go to them. She doesn't want what belongs to her to go to them. She wants her own children taken care of. She wants to make sure that her children are taken care of before the other lady's children. So she sets up a ketubah to Benin Dechin. Hachamim allowed this, uh, this takana, this sort of uh, agreement, where... One, if she dies, her ketubah goes to her son and her sons only, and not to the steps, uh, stepchildren or to his children. So, this is what the Brayta was trying to say. The same way that if she sold her ketubah, she short-sailed her ketubah to someone, she didn't lose the ketubah, meaning her children are covered. Meaning the uh, the other children can't say, "Hey, your mother disrespected the ketubah, so she doesn't get anything." No, that's not the case. My tama, what's the reason? It's not called disrespect because Zuze who danced she needed money, and that's what caused her to sell her ketubah. So therefore, kach So same thing. If a woman short uh, sold her ketubah to her husband, she didn't lose the ketubah benin dechrin, the money that's going to go to her children. Why? Because again, zuze who that's why she needed the money, and that's why she did it. Okay, lema takanat usha tanai. Let's say this takanav usha that a woman is not allowed to sell nichse milog. That's assets that she brought in that the husband can enjoy the fruits. Hachamim said she's not allowed to sell it, and the husband's not allowed to sell it, and the husband. And if she does sell it, the husband can take it back from the buyer. Let's say it's a machloket tanaim. The tanya hadar because we have one bread that says avdemi log slaves that a woman brought in and the husband can use. They could go out free if only the woman, the original master, knocked out their eye or tooth or something along those lines. And Ivan goes out free if something like that happens. But not if her husband, the master's husband, knocks out their tooth or eye. It shows that she's the more important one over here. But then we have another Baita. They don't go out free, period. Whether she knocks out their eye or he knocks out the eye, they don't go out free. And Savrua in the Bemidrash, they understood that everyone agreed that owning the fruit is not like owning the actual asset. And my love, isn't this the mahlokit between the two Braithot? According to the first Braitha, we said that only if the woman knocks out the eye or tooth, they go out free. He doesn't hold of this concept of Takanat Usha, meaning she's in charge over here, and if she wants, she could sell. And same thing, if she knocks out, 
Malta, the, the slave's eye, he goes out free. And according to the one who holds that, whether the husband or the wife knock out the tooth or eye, they don't go out free. He holds of this concept of, tak- of takanat usha, and that's why even if she knocked it out, or if he knocked it out, they don't go out free because none of them have a, a real stronghold over the, the property or the asset. So it sounds like the, this takanat usha is already a mahluket, already from the braytot. I think Mas says, no, that's not what happened. Everyone agrees to takanat usha, and everyone agrees she can't just sell like that. Rather, the Braita that said that if uh, she knocks it, uh, she knocks out the eye, they got free. That's before the Takana where she uh, she was uh, in charge and she could sell the land and she could knock out the guy's uh, eye out and he goes out free. And Khan, the Baita that says that the slaves don't go out, period, is Lahatakana after they said that no one over here has a real stronghold over you, not the wife, not the husband. And that's why the second Baita said they don't go out free. Now that's option one. Vi Baitima, or you could say Idi Vidi Lahatakana, or you could say both Braitot are after Takanatusha. Vid Leu Takanatusha, and everyone holds Takanatusha. But according to the first bright that said, if the woman knocks it out, they go out free. What's the reason they go out free? It's Kedrabah. If someone borrowed money from Reuven and Reuven took a collateral, let's say he took a watch as a collateral, and the borrower was Makdish that watch that collateral. Case number two is Hametz. Let's say a Jew borrowed money from a Goy. And the collateral was going to be uh, Hametz. And all of a sudden, Pesach came in. Now you're not allowed to have any benefit from the Hametz. Vishihrur, let's say freeing a slave. Let's say a, uh, a lender took a slave as a collateral and then the borrower freed the slave. In all these types of cases, Mafki'in Mideshi'abud. In those three cases, if the owner was Makdish or was Hametz on Pesach or he freed the slave, that cuts off the lien that the that the lender has on that collateral. Meaning, that's it. Let's say this watch is a Kedish. Okay, then the, the lender has to try to figure out a different way to get his money. The Jew has to get rid of the Hametz and he has to figure out a different way to pay the Goy or the Goy has to figure out a different way to get the money from the Jew. And the slave is free. And the same thing you have to say over here. When she punched out the, the man's eye, even if there's takanat usha, which doesn't let her sell, but still, when it comes to punching out the eye, he goes out free. Meaning, even if the husband has some sort of connection to this, and she can't just sell it, but if she punches out the eye, according to that first braita, he would still be able to go out free. It would be like freeing a slave that the that the lender is holding as collateral. And we will stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.